Hey everybody, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're so glad that you are catching up with us. All our services are online at the moment, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy this encouraging message from our pastoral team. How good is it to be live today? Come on, come on. For the first time in 11 Sundays, I'm here preaching live. This is epic. This is awesome. It's incredible. Thanks to all of our, uh, you know, all of our technical team. You know, there. You know, it says in the Bible, the first man ever spoken about filled with the Spirit is a man called Bezalel. He's not a priest. He's not a king. He's not a prophet. He's a builder. He's a technician. He's a creator. These guys are filled with the Spirit today to do what they do to bring this live to you. Give them a hand. And, and it's so good to have some of the church with us today, have a crowd here. It's awesome to have them. So uh, you guys have a seat, buckle in. It's going to be fun. You know, it's, it's, it's not insignificant that we're together on this Sunday. Uh, I, I've been looking forward to this because it's Pentecost Sunday. It's one of the greatest days in the history of the church. Apart from the cross, the resurrection, this would have to be number three. But, you know, Pentecost isn't just about history and it's not just about the past it's also about what's taking place right here right right now this day for you in your lounge for us in this room and for some time now i've had this kind of stirring i've had this bubbling the the message has been morphing and evolving inside me and i've got a sense that god is up to something and i believe that you're going to have an encounter with god today right where you are just expect it just believe it receive it And whether there are two or more of you gathered together, just agree that today is going to be a momentous time for you this day. So I want you to take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 2 where it all began. As a church for us, that's where it started, Acts chapter 2. And as you turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 2, let's kind of look at the backstory. Let's let our expectation rise that something's going to happen today. If you go back just days before Pentecost, Jesus is with his disciples. They're on the mount. He's getting ready to go home. And he gives his followers this promise in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. He said this to them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Never happened before in history. Where all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just immersed people into the presence and the power of God. And and if we fast forward now to the day of Pentecost, the time of waiting was over. These early disciples, here they are waiting, expecting, praying, and bam! Acts 2 verse 1, it says this, Luke records... When the day of Pentecost, now interesting, some manuscripts use the word fully. When the day of Pentecost fully came. Pentecost is 50 days after Easter. It's it's, it's the Holy Spirit breaking into history with a dramatic and energetic effect and way. And and what Luke is saying here, the time was complete. The day had come. It's a now moment for you. And he said, the Spirit came upon the believers. And he goes on and says this in in verse 1, chapter 2. Day of Pentecost fully came. They were all together in one place. This is a phrase that's often used by, by Luke through the book of Acts to describe the early church, yeah. the believers getting together. And, and sometimes he's just talking about physically we're together. You know, we've got, yeah. what, ten of these guys here today together worshiping, which is awesome. And sometimes he's saying they're in the same building, they're in the same location, but there are other times it takes on a different note. 
He uses a different word when he uses the word together. And it's this, there's a spirit of expectation. There's a oneness. There's an agreement. And something is about to happen. And they were all together in their heart and soul. And you know what? We're all in this together. I know, cheesy, isn't it? It's the jingle you hear on the commercials. Come on, you can laugh. It's, it's, it's the jingle you hear on commercials on television. It's being sung, it's being quoted, it's being written, and they're saying it like a mantra in so many places. And, and I, just the other day, I got my hog magazine. Now, for the uninitiated, no, don't laugh. For the, for the uninitiated, hog means Harley Owners Group. All right? Lo and behold, you open the thing, and the first page, the leader of Harley says, We're together! Even the Harley riders are saying, we're all in this together, and they need to be reminded. Hey, church, I want to tell you something. We're not, we might not all be together physically today in the same place. We will be again, but not today. But we are together as a family. We are together in heart and soul. We are together in agreement and expectation. We've been waiting. We've been believing that something powerful is about to break loose among us. Waiting is over. Listen. I am saying prophetically, I believe this with all my heart, the time has come. God is up to something and He has included you. Come on. So here are the first disciples. Sorry, I haven't been able to do this for a while. I'm getting a little bit pumped up, you know. It's all right. So the first disciples together, they're expecting, and then verse 2, bam, it happens. Suddenly. Don't you love it when God moves suddenly? Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know what? The happening on that first Pentecost Sunday for the church was incredible. It couldn't be ignored. It couldn't be denied. It, it, it was both seen and heard by literally thousands of people. It must have been something incredible. And if you kind of skim down chapter 2 to verse 33, Peter says that. Peter's talking about how Jesus went to the right hand of God where He was exalted. He received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. Now watch this last phrase. He poured out this which you now see and hear. Pentecost isn't a memorial. It is a happening. You see and you hear. And man, it was so dramatic on that day. Thousands of people stopped what they were doing. They looked, they listened, and they started going, what is this? And the deal is this. While this event was incredible, it was tangible with all of its manifestations, that would have been something to see tongues of fire on people's head. Like, what the? While that would have been kind of awesome, something else took place that's going to impact history for the rest of time to come. And I want to talk about that here as we lead into the prophetic moment. New things took place on the day of Pentecost. And the first one is this. A new community was born. The church was now among us. For the first time in history, a people were gathered together because Pentecost is known as and became the birth of this thing called the church. For the first time, a people were being called together from every tribe and nation on the planet. First time, a people who would take the kingdom of God and together, there's that word, across the planet, this community would advance the kingdom of God because the church will prevail. It's not going to fail. The church will prevail. You know, Jesus 
ever only promised to build one thing. One thing only. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It's only days before his betrayal, his crucifixion. They're up in Caesarea Philippi. He's got time out with the guys to get ready for the cross. And he says, who am I? Who do they say I am? Peter, just outright. Well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Good on you, Peter. You didn't know this because you got a history lesson. Yeah. That's right. My father showed you this. That's right. And because you are Peter, and he says this, on this rock, verse 18, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And you know what? From that first Pentecost Sunday nearly 2,000 years ago until today, billions, literally billions of people have been swept into the kingdom of God. Even today, listen, even today, alive in our time on this planet, billions of people call on the name Jesus. I mean, this, this is epic. This is incredible because he said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell cannot hold it out. They can't stop its advancement. It will overcome. You know, the church isn't irrelevant today as some people would like us to believe. Oh, it's dead. It's a, it's, it's a big... big White elephant, it's irrelevant. I'm going to tell you, the church is alive and well. More people are being swept into the kingdom of God every week than ever before in history. Listen, wars haven't killed it. Governments can't silence it. Science cannot disprove it. Even a pandemic is not going to stop it. The church will march forward. Come on. That's it. Pentecost was about something new being born. The church. Something significant something powerful that's going to outlast time. But can I say prophetically, I I just got this sense, I believe new, significant, powerful things are going to be born in a lot of you today. So it's coming. All right, let me give you another thing. Another important new that took place on that first Pentecost Sunday. You might miss it. You might skim over it. But here it is. A new voice was found. A sound from us. Don't miss this. Not only was the church now among us, there was a new sound coming from us. And while there was the sound of tongues from all the believers that day, 120 people speaking in languages. Now, literally, if if you understand the vernacular, the culture, they're hillbillies. They're from my neck of the woods. They don't even speak their language properly. And all of a sudden, they're now speaking perfectly in different languages. And the people are going... What? What is this? I, I get amused that some people go, they're drunk. They had too much wine. Listen, I, I'm going to go have a bottle of wine, see if I can speak perfect Spanish, see if it works. You know, it's just... I don't even speak perfect English. Anyway, strike that off the record if you're watching this in America. Anyway, listen, the sound of tongues from all the believers that day no doubt caught the attention of the city. Thousands. Thousands heard the praises of God in their own language. But I want to tell you something. There was another sound that moved thousands of people to be changed forever. And you know what it was? It was the voice of a man who just days before denied Christ. He hid. He was ashamed. And he was embarrassed. And in front of just a handful of people, I don't know the man. It was Peter. Peter. And now all of a sudden... Bam! Holy Spirit comes on him. He's got a new voice, and that voice was fearless. No longer hiding in the shadows for Peter. He stood up. The Bible says he stood up in front of these thousands of people. It's like, I can imagine Peter. Here's that fisherman, probably 
fish guts all on his robe and he'd been out fishing for the day and Holy Spirit comes on. He stands up, puffs out his chest and off he goes. Bam! No fear no more. I'm not denying. I'm not hiding. His voice was fearless. But his voice wasn't just fearless. It was loud. Listen, it was loud. No timidity. Peter previously said, I don't know the man. Not so now. You know what it says a bit later in Acts? He shouted, Listen! Awesome. I've got something to say! Amen. Amen. And you know what he did? Before he denies Jesus. Don't know him! And if you read through Acts, later I want to encourage you to read that chapter today, maybe several times. You know what happens? Peter just boldly, loudly stands up and says, I want to tell you right now about this man Jesus whom you crucified. And he proclaimed the gospel simply that Jesus died for your sins, that Jesus was buried, and that Jesus raised again from the dead to give you life. And he was very clear about this voice that came with a message of power and transformation because we know the gospel is the power of God to salvation and transformation to everybody who believe it. You know, he spoke loudly. Back in the 17, late 1700s, there was an English evangelist who sailed across to the American colonies and he would preach out in open fields, stand up on the back of a wagon and preach to multitudes. He was preaching in Philadelphia and Benjamin Franklin, the, the, the scientist, the mathematician, who is a, bit, a bit, little bit skeptical at times, went out to hear him. After Benjamin Franklin heard evangelist George Whitfield preach, he estimated and calculated this man's voice can be heard by 30,000 people at wow. once. Wow. No microphone, wow. no megaphone. He preached boldly, he preached loudly and fearlessly. I want to tell you, Peter's voice was fearless and it was loud, but it wasn't just that, it was also authoritative. Wow. Man, he had authority in his voice. Listen to me! He's not softening the blow. This is no seeker-sensitive service on the day of Pentecost. He's not trying to win friends and influence people here. He stands up. This is the guy that said, I don't know him. And he cursed. Yeah. I don't know the... Boop, 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 boop. Whatever that sounds like in Aramaic. You know what he did? He stood up and he said, Let all of Israel know this one thing. This man that you killed, you had him executed. God has made him both Lord and Messiah. He is Jehovah and Christ. And I want to tell you, when the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, he found a voice. A voice that was fearless, it was loud, it was authoritative. Spoke to thousands. You know, 3,000 responded that day. How many more thousand heard who didn't? But you know, it wasn't just Peter who found a new voice. And this is what I want to get to. Yeah, yeah, Peter, we need a new Peter in our day. No, we just need you. Because if time permitted, I believe I could make a sound argument from Scripture that a new voice was given to every believer. Not just Peter. And to this day. See, the finding and the exercising of this new voice is not limited to one man, a priest, a king, a prophet, a preacher. On the day of Pentecost, it says, every believer was baptized with a power from on high and it would make you fearless as a witness. You know, what, you know what? The word witness is the exact same word as martyr in the original. You will give your life to tell this truth. Yeah. You would do it in a court of law, yeah. under oath, to say, I know what I know, fearlessly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You have received a voice that is fearless. There's no need for you anymore to be timid or shy. You can't hide behind that anymore. Yeah. You've got a voice that is fearless. Yeah. And you've got a voice that is loud. You go, oh, but I'm quiet. I'm a mouse. This is not talking about volume. This is talking about boldness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
This is talking about declaring, not holding back. And there's no reason to remain quiet anymore. Oh, but I'm a shy person. No, you're not. You're hiding behind that. You're a spirit-filled person who's bold. But you also got a voice with authority. You have something powerful to say. The gospel, the only message that will change a person from the inside out forever. Come on, stand up and do it. The great English scholar, N.T. Wright, as he's, in his commentary, he's recounting why, Peter, why Luke recorded Peter's message this way and the day of Pentecost this way and why, in fact, the book of Acts is written like it's written. And he says this, it'll be on the screen for you. He, Luke, intends to explain how it was that a small group of frightened, puzzled, and largely uneducated men and women could so quickly become, as they undoubtedly did, a forced to be reckoned with right across the known world. I want to say to every one of you today, you are a force to be reckoned with because of Pentecost. It wasn't just then. It is now. The, the gates of hell can't stop this new thing that God is birthing in you. I'm telling you, it cannot silence you and the voice that God has given you. This is a new thing being birthed. This is a new voice with a strong sound. One more thing. Don't miss this. The day of Pentecost, I want to land this and get into the prophetic with this. The day of Pentecost wasn't just a new community being born and a new voice found. It was a new force experienced. It was a power in and through us, every one of us. And you go, it wasn't you. The Holy Spirit came on Samson. The Holy Spirit came on David. The Holy Spirit came on people in the Old Testament. True. I'll concede that. But here's what was new. It was new in the sense that the Holy Spirit was poured out on every believer. Young and old. Rich and poor, no matter what gender, every believer received the promise of power, but they didn't just receive it, the promise that the Holy Spirit will live in you and be with you and empower you for the rest of your life. I mean, that translates to a different living. That translates to a different mindset. That translates to doing something that you dared not do before because you were timid. And Peter says this in his sermon. It's for every one of you. If you go all the way down to the end of his sermon, verse 38, he says, this Jesus you had killed, God made him Lord and Messiah. And he says, the people got cut to the heart and went, oh, what can we do now? Verse 38, Peter tells him, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You know what Pentecost was about? The announcement of a message to turn. That's what repent means, turn. Turn from rejecting Jesus to accepting Him. Turn from not trusting in His work at the cross to totally throwing yourself at the, at the foot of the cross and receiving His grace. It's about turning from yourself and your sin to God and everything He is and has done for you. And then He says, and be baptized. An amazing, beautiful picture of your faith in the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is incredible. And he says this, he goes on and says in verse 38, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There you go. Every one of you. This promise is for you and your children. In other words, every generation and for all who are far off rolling down through the centuries to us today. This gift is for us, for you, for me. It's a gift that God promised. It's a gift to be received today, and it's a force to be reckoned with. Yep. Now, the most important thing that happened 
on that day of Pentecost. 3,000 people, 3,000 people said, I'm turning. I'm turning from myself. I'm turning from my way of religion to try to reach God. I am turning from my efforts. I'm turning from my wrongs and I'm turning to you. Jesus, you are the Son of God. You did die on a cross for me. That was not an execution. It was an offering. And you gave your life for me. And I receive that offering now. In Jesus' name, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Come into my heart and my life and save me. 3,000 people born again. Maybe you need to do that today. Maybe you have never done it that clear, that simple, saying, Jesus, I believe you are who you said you are. You are the Lord of creation, the Savior of my soul. I know when you died and you died on that cross, you died for me. Forgive me for refusing to receive you and to accept you. I now ask you to come into my heart and my life and to save me in Jesus' name. And if you do that right now, Online, there will be a response for you to be able to respond. If you do that now, the Bible says all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Right here, right now. It's that simple. Why don't you do that? Why don't I lead you in a prayer for that? Why don't you say something like this? God, I'm so sorry. I've tried it my way. And God, I ask you to forgive me for not accepting your way. I know that Jesus is the only way, the way, the truth, and the life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I know when you died on the cross, you died for me. Come into my heart and save me. And I know when you were raised from the dead, you did so to give me new life. I receive that now. Thank you, God, that I am your child. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, baptize me now with power from on high. I receive this gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you did that, you prayed a prayer like that. I'm believing many of you did that you'll just click that little button and you'll say, I prayed that prayer. I committed my life to Christ. I trust Him now. We we have some people who want to connect with you and help you because this is the beginning of a new life for you. Pentecost was about power. Pastor Nate talked earlier and read a scripture earlier to us about the day of power. You know, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and and you will prophesy. And, And it's a prophetic nature, a prophetic moment. And I believe God wants to prophetically do something in people's lives. And I want you to position yourself in your homes right now to get ready to receive some promises from God. Uh, God wants to release in you something new. This is about new. We're in a new day. Church, I believe we're a new church. It's a new day. We have a new world to reach out there. And so God is doing something new. I got a real sense, prophetic sense. Something new is being birthed. You need something new and God has planted the seed long ago in you but now is the day of birth. The time of waiting is over. Today is the day of birth in so many areas. You know, even out there in the community, people are talking about we've got to reinvent how we do business. We've got to reinvent how we do life. We've got to reinvent how we do family. We've got to reinvent how we do the gym. But I'm saying right now, I believe that God is moving to give you dreams and visions 
about the new you in the new day for the new things He's going to do in you and through you. Right now, I believe God is dropping dreams into people for innovative things that they have never done. Whether it's a new venture, a new business, or a new way of doing business, whether it's a new way, new, new studies, new education, but God is dropping a dream in you. You know it's coming right now. There is a dream coming into your mind. Listen, this is not just wild thinking. This is the Holy Spirit right now dropping the seed of a dream into your heart and mind right now for innovation for your business, for your work, for your family, for your ministry. Some of you need to dream again. You have lost the art of dreaming. A dream is being birthed in you right now. Your age is not a barrier. Your gender is not a barrier. Your workplace is not a barrier. You can't blame anybody. Say, oh, I can't do this because. No, today is a day that I can because. New dreams and visions. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I believe there are owners of businesses who are receiving dreams about what will be. What will be. I, I want to speak into something right now. I want you to lose a phrase. I've been stirred up about this phrase because it's a phrase that excuses apathy. You know the phrase, it is what it is. I don't believe that's biblical. I think we need to change our thinking and say this, no, it is what it will be. It is what it will be. And for some of you business owners right now, you are starting to see what will be. Some of you in the workplace never thought you would be advanced. You never thought you could go to the next level. I'm telling, I'm telling you, it is what it will be. There's a dream for something new in you and through you. And there's some of you that need a breakthrough in your home. You've been bound. You've been afraid. You've been, you've been just kind of locked in. And it stopped you from dreaming. I speak right now the birth of a new dream in your home, for your home, through your home to so many others. They talk about a show, The Modern Family. Well, I'm telling you, you're going to portray the new family. Things are being birthed. Just receive it. Just receive it. Just receive it. You can sense the Holy Spirit right now moving in you. He is a spirit of dreams and visions, young and old, male and female, Jew and Gentile, right across the airwaves where this is traveling, the Holy Spirit is moving. He's giving you some new dreams. I want to encourage you, as soon as we finish, write them down. Don't rush to an activity. Sit down with God and write them down while it's fresh. There's another new. I really sense that some of you are receiving a new voice. I'm not talking about singing. We've got some great singers here. And you do a tremendous job. But you know what? You haven't used your voice in the past because of timidity. I'm shy. You hide behind that. I want to tell you God hasn't given you a spirit of timidity. But He's given you a spirit of power. And you haven't used your voice because you've been insecure. What's worse is some of you haven't used your voice because you think that you do not have anything important to say. Nobody wants to listen to what i got to say. That's wrong. God is preparing 
people to receive the message of truth and life and hope that lives within you. It says this, that within us there is a hope of glory. Christ within you, the hope of glory. People are being prepared by the Spirit to hear your voice. I'm telling you. And you go, but my voice isn't loud. No, but it can be clear. It can be bold. It can be fearless. And I, I, got, a, I got a scripture. I often get this prophetically. A, a scripture that Paul prayed, you know, for the church at Ephesus. And I'm going to pray this for you. And I want you to do this wherever you're at. And be honest with yourself because you've got to be honest with God before change happens. If you've hidden behind something and you've been embarrassed, afraid, timid, ashamed, maybe sin, insecurity, or just I don't have anything people would want to hear. They don't want to hear me. You've hidden behind that, but today you're gone. No more. Today's the day. Waiting is over. The Spirit has come. No more. Why don't you put your hands out like this because you're about to receive. You're about to receive. You're about to receive a new voice. Power from on high. As I pray the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know and when he says no, he says, you may know this by an experience. Right now, you're going to experience power from on high. He said, I pray that you know his incomparably great power for us who believe. You qualify because you believe. Doesn't have to be a big giant faith, just a seed of faith will drop this into your spirit right now, a new voice. Receive it. You've not only received resurrection power through the Holy Spirit, you have the most explosive message on the planet, the gospel. Listen to me. You're not going to have to convince people to believe. You're not going to have to sell the story of Jesus. You're not a salesperson. Just tell the gospel and let it do the work. All right? I believe a new authority is coming on you right now in your soul. You're going to know it. Holy Spirit is on you. And you're going to speak with boldness. Here it comes. Doors to share your faith are going to open in places you never thought possible, with people you never thought probable, and in ways you never thought would happen. Doors and opportunities for your voice. I, I'm, I'm acutely aware that there's so many people who are part of the church who struggle, who agonize, who Christian life is like a roller coaster, up and down, up and down. And you just, I just can't do it. I don't have the strength. I'm here to tell you today, there is a power from on high, not just for ministry, but for life, for faith. And I'm here to tell you that your faith, your work, your life is going to shift into a new gear today. There is a baptism from on high that is promised to you. It's just simply this. It's a promise to be received because it's a gift don't have to beg for it. You don't have to wait long. You can, in a second, the Holy Spirit can come on you with power from on high. I, I, I remember when the Holy Spirit came on me with power, all of a sudden, my Christian life took on a, a different kind of thing. You know, it was no longer me just going, I think I can, I think I can, oh God, help me. It was God inside exploding with power to help me be an overcomer. And that strength is yours today. If you'll believe it and you'll receive it, there's a baptism. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. This is the promise. You promised it all the way back in the Gospels. 
Jesus announced its coming in the book of Acts. The church received it right there and lived in it, walked in it, and overcame through it. God, we're the church today. We don't have to wait. That power is ready to be released right here, right now. God, those who have never received this fullness of the Spirit, I pray right now a moment, an encounter, a happening with you that invades their home, invades their car, invades wherever they're at. God, an auditorium, wherever they're at. God, I pray this power from on high envelops them so that, God, they know they're in the presence of other worlds. A world of power. And so Holy Spirit, right now, fill them. Fill them. Fill them with your presence and your anointing and your power so that they are never the same again. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed that message from our pastoral team. And if you'd like to know more about C3 Church Victory, please head to our website, c3victory.org.au. Until next time, we pray you have an incredible day.